Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Forgiven Podcast. I don't even know what episode this is. I think 18 or 19. Uh, shout outs to all of you. We've hit over 300 listens. Uh, I think like in total, which is like really good. But our retention is growing each episode. It's crazy. I get all these cool analytics. And it's like literally every every day I check it, our audience size grows by one. Which means like that doesn't mean we grew by one listener. That means that they like Spotify and all of them have their algorithm that tells you that they're a listener. Which means they listen for a consecutive amount of hours or whatever. So, so thank you. Um, we have obviously the resident co-host Bryce. Pastor bottom Bryce, bottom of the dad. barrel. <laughs> Never gonna lift that one down. No, no, Never, not ever. Uh, and then, actually, we have with us uh, Pastor Dallas Gold from another church here in Brandon. He's their youth pastor, correct? Do you have another title that I'm missing? Nope, that's basically it. That's there my hat. There we go. <laughs> yeah, so he's with our he's with McDermott Drive Alliance. They're uh, we're they're good. We're good friends with their church. They're we we, we agree and hang out and do a lot of stuff together. <laughs> so. we're, we're cool. We're yeah, cool. Right. You know, no beef. Uh, and so Only I got Angus. Um, no Angus. <laughs> So I, Bryce and I had been talking about some ideas that we wanted to talk about, and we kind of just decided that, like, hey, let's do, like, a more youth ministry-centered one. And I was like, I love that idea, because before I was this media pastor, I, I actually did next-gen ministry. I was a kids and junior youth pastor, so I have a little bit, no, I haven't did it nearly as long as you guys have, but I have my toe in the water and, and stuff. And one thing that always stood out to me, at least today, like, in today's culture, is, like, how do we actually do youth ministry now when when everybody is addicted to their phone? Like, like seriously, like, at least when I was in youth, phones were, like, just coming on. This, like, it, like, some people had iPhones if you were really cool, but most of the time you had your flip phones. So you weren't checking it all the time. You were still able to listen and pay attention and, you know, like, engage in actual human face-to-face interaction. But it doesn't seem, like, it seems like that's a real struggle. And, I mean, it's a struggle for all of us, I think, right? It's so much easier for me to sit at home, you know, in my pajamas and just talk to my friends on Discord than it is to go out and hang out. So that's kind of what we're talking about. How do we how do we reach the next generation in a media-controlled culture? And we're going to have some fun and talk about some youth ministry <laughs> no, stories. No fun in youth ministry. Yeah, right. nah, not it's at all. all business. All business. <laughs> no party. So I guess just, I want to start with Dallas because he's our guest. We know a lot about Bryce already. But just give us an overview of kind of like what you do. What's your ministry about? Yeah, so uh, we're grade 7 to 12 youth group, kind of the standard. Uh, we meet Friday nights, uh, same as you guys. And um, yeah, kind of just like everybody else, navigating what youth ministry looks like this side of a pandemic. Uh, and yeah, so that's been challenging, but it's also been exciting. It's very rewarding. Um at times, <laughs> after yeah. long, long seasons of, you know, labor-intensive grief and, <laughs> and all yeah. that. But, uh, no, I absolutely love what I get to do. Good. So, because I do my research a little bit, I 412. He's, he, stalked, he stalked you on Facebook. I, didn't, I follow him. <laughs> as a, when he says research, he's like, I typed you in on Facebook yeah. and found out some information on you. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna talk. I'm, we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about one of my favorite youth games, but that's later. Um, and it involves Facebook. It's really fun. Oh. Um, 
No, you have. So yours is called Four Twelve Ministries. It is. Yeah. I want to know, like, what what's that name about? Yeah. So it's the classic. Uh, one of the classic youth group names uh, comes from First Timothy Four Twelve, uh, where Paul writes to Timothy, this young leader, to not let anyone look down on you for your faith, um, but set for the believers an example. And so that really kind of is the heartbeat of our ministry. What we want to see is uh, just these students uh, owning their faith and living it out for themselves and not letting anyone look down on them because they're young. Perfect. I love that. Now, I think that's one of those verses, I think, that just kind of, we don't put a lot of emphasis behind, it seems. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know, because, like, I, I've read that a couple of times, and mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's really important. They shouldn't look down on us because we're young. And then I just move past it. But so I'm, I'm really glad to hear that, like, your whole ministry is, like, based around that. Like, that's, like, really good. So, and I do have to say, and I said this to him before, but... Whoever runs their like their their social media stuff, you guys are killing it. Shout out oh, to Bethany. Yes, yeah, right. Bethany. <laughs> yes. Shout out <laughs> and Bethany. Alyssa. And Alyssa, yeah. because like whoever mm. these two ladies are, they are killing it. Like some of your guys' yeah, posts absolutely. are like awesome. And like just the creativity that you guys have behind some of the events and and everything you do. Like it, it's like it's inspiring for me because it gives me ideas and it's just that's how we communicate now to mm. or to our to young people is through Instagram. It's through all these things and it's just yeah, just Make your head swell up a couple of sizes. Yeah. I think you guys are doing a really, really good job. Nah, you Thank guys you. are doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was actually during COVID. I think I like, you, you, I ran into Bethany at like H Coffee and like, she's like, I was like, oh, what are you guys doing? She's like, oh, you should check out our YouTube. And so I checked out your YouTube and I definitely didn't steal anything. <laughs> I, no, I actually like watch what you guys are doing. I'm like, oh, that's genius. And I started like trying to make our own like, version of it mm-hmm. through our services and so i was like oh, you guys uh, are very creative <laughs> of what you guys do at uh at uh, the mdac 412 yes yeah yeah it's it's just the team that i get to work with like it's <laughs> i always say it's like working with a team of youth pastors uh and you just get all these creative ideas and people that know how to do things a lot better than <laughs> like i've got a few things that i've done myself in the past that are uh, embarrassments to me now <laughs> that my team will remind me of often. Of oh. eh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Remember <laughs> the mugs. Remember the mugs. Hey, list, list, list. You need those. Like you, do. you, you need those things. Like I look back and I feel like uh, we're missing a story about mugs here. <laughs> hey, maybe That's we'll, okay. It's not. We'll talk about. Listen, well, he's the guest, Bryce. Okay, oh, we don't. We break them once they're comfortable. Oh yeah, not yes, in sorry, the first sorry. five <laughs> minutes. We want to have him back. Oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> So I'm like, I want to, we're going to touch on some more youth ministry specific like stories and fun because that's just what youth ministry is. But I want to get back to at least talking about the topic of youth ministry in this content obsessed world. And I mean, I mean, COVID did not help in any way. In fact, I think it actually inhibited more of the, like the habits that students have of like, spending more time on their phone and everything. Like, cause that was the only way they could hang out. So now it's really hard to break that habit now. But I was doing some research, and I read this article from the New York Times, and that's I was talking to Bryce about it yesterday. Man, this article was mind-blowing. I'm going to post a link to it <clears throat> in all the descriptions of this episode. Because I want you guys to read it because, I mean, I don't read a ton of like pop culture media stuff. I just don't because spend my time reading other proper third-party reviewed sources, but I trust the New York Times. And what they did was they interviewed 300 students, all ranging from, like, I think it was, like, 
age like 13 to like 19. So like just entering high school to or junior high to just graduating. And they weren't asking them necessarily how much time they spend on their phones, but what necess- they're trying to get to the core of like what the problem was about spending this much time on your phone or screen time in general. And now this this interview or whatever research data was all collected in February 2020. So like heart of of like COVID kind of thing. So it's like the numbers are obviously like inflated because mm-hmm. everybody was forced to be on their phones and everything like that. So we take it with a bit of a grain of salt in terms of that's like probably not exactly, uh, you know, recognitive of today or whatever. But it said that the average person, the average out of these 300 students, would spend eight hours a day on their phone, which is nuts. Only eight? Only eight? Eight hours a day? <laughs> that is your entire work day. What do you do during work? <laughs> I, I guess it's true. and, and so, but No, it's totally joke. No, but it's true, though, because now. I went through this revelation when I was in Bible college. I used to have an iPhone, and iPhones tell you, or at least they used to anyway, without your permission, they would tell you at the end of the week how much screen time you had. And I hated it when it first started doing it. Because I was like, stop telling me. I know I spend too much time on this stupid thing. It was start like legitimately one week. My total screen time was like 16 hours. And I was like, that's two whole work days. I was like, that's insane. Now that's inflated again a little bit. Because that's just if I leave it on listening to a podcast or something like that. But still. So I started trying to get it down. And it became a competition with myself. I was like, I gotta see how much I can get this down. Or whatever. And... I got it down to like three hours and I was so surprised. I was like three hours a week. I was like, I'll take that. You know, it was like really surprising, but it's a catch 22 to that because friends would text me or everything like that. And I would intentionally not respond to them because I was like, no, I'm not going to be checking my phone. (laughs) So there's got to be a right balance. And this article did a really good job about talking that because it it brought up the question and I'm going to raise it here. How come we put so much emphasis on it being a problem with our youth, but we don't necessarily look at it as a problem with us as well. Mm. You know, because a lot of the kids were saying like, yes, I know I have a problem, but my parents are just as bad or maybe if not worse. So maybe instead of just focusing on us, we look at the problem as a whole. And I was like, wow, that's really well spoken for a 16 year old. I was like, I don't like these students are published in a New York Times article and they haven't even finished high school yet. I'm like, well, that looks great on your college application. You're a New York Times published writer. Like, come on. But what do we think about that? Like, just 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 some broad over ideas of, like, is this true? Do we actually think students are spending that much time? Is that what you guys have seen in your ministry? Is it really that much of a challenge? Or is this just maybe kind of at a broad stroke kind of thing? Yeah, I'd say absolutely. Um students and myself. And one of the things we've tried before is a media free month. Um, And then I realized that that's like (laughs) way too long for anybody really, because just the withdrawal symptoms that there are to, you know, cutting media out of your mouth, cold Turkey. Um, Mm. And I'd have students and I'd like, I'd offer like the greatest prize that we had on hand if they could make even like a week. (laughs) And then uh, they'd be like, I'm going to do it. And they're, they're so dedicated and they want it. But then, you know, you get a text the next day of like, yeah, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> and then they give up um, just like that. And like, <clears throat> I think it's not just students. It'd be uh, myself, like 
anyone really. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's, it's just you definitely see that addiction component to yeah. phones and media and technology. Well, and, and I mean, we we screen time is just like the e- like phone usage is just the easiest because ninety nine percent of the world now has a cell phone. But it's true with like Netflix, games, like everything. Like, I'll be on. I mean, I talked about this on another episode of a podcast before, but I love playing video games, and I spend probably more time than I should. And I have to like recognize and pull myself back and be like, okay, that's enough. Go do something else. Go read. Go do something else. Go talk to another human being that in person, you know. So, now, Bryce, what do you think, though? Because, I mean, you, you got a little bit of a sneak peek at this. Yeah. Well, I think when it comes to, like, the media consumption, I mean, I'm, we, again, I think I agree with, like, the, if you, I, especially now that I'm, <laughs> my dad, I was like, man, I was like, the last thing I want is my boy Hudson to, like, look and be like, well, dad, you're always on your phone <laughs> when you're at home. And I'm like, oh, well, that would suck. But I, I've had, a, I have a hard time, like putting my phone down. I, I have like that like withdrawal like where it's like if I don't have it in my pocket I'm like like panicking. You get the ghost vibrates? I get the ghost vibrates. Oh. Like I definitely do and it's like I have slowly weaned myself off of different social media platforms where it's like <clears throat> it started like with Snapchat. Snapchat I was like I can never get rid of it. Like literally and I think this was now three years ago. I haven't had Snapchat for like three, three and a half years. Good. And uh, I was just like, well, I just need to get rid of it. It's no good for me. I'm checking in all the time. I know my friends. And that's why I was like, oh, my, I won't be able to connect with my friends. I won't be able to like oh, fill in the blank. And so like I put it off for so long. And then after I got rid of it, I was like, actually, I don't notice a difference. I'm still hanging out with my friends. They don't care that I'm not on Snapchat. Um, and then I'm slowly weaning myself off of like Instagram. And the big one for me is actually Facebook. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's the OG, like the original. Oh one yeah, for we me. grew up with. I was like, I was like, I just like that's where my addiction started. Is <laughs> I honestly I think like my addiction started with Facebook because it'd be like come home after school and like it'd be MSN and Facebook, whereas like you play Farmville on Facebook. Heck yeah! <laughs> when they used to have like the little mini games in like Facebook, and then you'd be chatting with your friends on MSN. And so it was like, but for me, it's like Facebook is that kryptonite for me. It's like, I want to get rid of it. It's the stupidest app ever. Mm. Like it really is meaningless now. Like it's actually like, I, there's nothing, there's not a lot of great things. Um, but I have a hard time letting that go. So it's like me as a 26 year old, if I struggle, I'm like, and a pastor is like, I'm supposed to be the one that has been, is able to like, teach these things. And I'm tell, I've told students like, yeah, maybe not have as much time on their phone. Right. But I need to also then like do it myself. Cause if I'm not able to credit, like there is like, it's like, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I was like, if I'm to show them who Christ is and like these things are flaws, it's like I myself need to be able to do that. Yeah. But if I'm like, hey, get off your phone and like don't be on your phones during service. And then all of a sudden I, was, I, I actually thought about this. I don't know if you guys ever thought about this. I've gotten after youth when I'm teaching, like don't be on your phone. And then I'm mid-service on a Sunday morning and I'm just like <laughs> checking my phone, like for oh. fan- fantasy football or so checking my lineups <laughs> or like whatever oh, it yeah. is. But I'm, I'm pulling up my phone. And then I'm immediately like, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I, and then the youth, you know, the youth are watching you. You know, they're looking and be like, well, he's on his phone or like, yeah, there's so many different things like that where I've realized like, I'm, I'm a hypocrite when it comes to social media. Hi, my name is Bryce and I'm a social media <laughs> hypocrite. Hi, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad you got rid of Snapchat because Snapchat's of the devil. <laughs> That's of the devil. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. I just. Was it Bobby? That. Was it? It's one of like Adam Sandler's movie where like his mom's always like everything's of the devil. That's of the devil. <laughs> have you ever? Have you ever? That's never eight seen? crazy nights. I think. <clears throat> no, 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 no. 
It's like he's, he's a football player. It's Waterboy. Oh, oh it, it is Waterboy. Water yeah, you're right. No, it, it is. It is. Mama, 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 mama. It's, it's not yes. of the devil. <laughs> yes. She's yes. a really sweet lady. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, watch the copyright, bro. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just, I just yeah, dinged us no, right too there. accurate of it. <laughs> yeah, you're too good. Sorry, Adam. Yeah, like I... My one of my biggest pet peeves, and it's one that I try so hard to reinforce with my volunteers. It's and my role right now is a little bit different because we hide away in a studio, so if people see us on our phones, it's not that big of a deal. And nine times out of ten on service days, if I'm checking my phone, it is to actually be like checking our live stream, checking the chat, like actually like working. Um, but I do recognize that it sends a very specific message, even if people see that I'm on my phone and I'm only looking at our the thing that's in the room with me still sends a message, but I hate it when I was at my first church. Um, our tech booth was like right in the back, but it was right by the entrance. So everybody coming in and out would see. And I had a great team of volunteers. Love them all to death, but they'd be on their phones as like people are preaching and all these stuff. People would go into the bathroom or like whatever. And they'd, and they, they'd see them on their phones. And I had, to, I was like, I was like, oh, please stop. I was like, if you're going to go on your phone, I don't care if you're on it. Like, whatever. You're you're an adult. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I was like, go to the bathroom. Go into the foyer. Just don't do it as a volunteer where people can see. That's why all the youth leave during service. They actually just <laughs> yeah. want to go check, they just go check <laughs> their phones. Like, it's, just like, it's just like one of those things that were like, the worst is like, and I had to get after some people. It's like they'd be like doing slides or lights or something like that, and they'd be checking their phone in the middle of like worship or something, and then they and then they'd be like they'll miss a cue or they'll miss that, and I'm like, you just I was like because they know what they're doing, and I was like I hate to be the bad guy, but I was like hey like you're gonna have, like you have to put your phone down, you know, and I was <clears> like obviously there's exceptions to the rule and all that stuff, but it just irked me so much when I would see like my volunteers like doing it. I was like come on. You know, and like I also did it though. I'd be sitting in the back and we'd have like guest speakers or whatever. And sometimes we'd have like 45 minute sermons and all stuff. And that's way too long. Don't ever preach yeah. for 45 minutes. <laughs> but like I'd be sitting back there playing Clash of Clans. And, and, just, and then I look and I'm like, I'm no better than them. So it's like I, I understand, Bryce, where you're coming from in that regard. You know, like it's tough. It's hard when they make these little computers so addicting and easy and everything like that. If you guys. Maybe a little off topic, then we're going to get back on topic. <laughs> you guys heard the theory now that the human body has actually changed because of, like, our cell phone and media consumption. So there is Simon Sinek. He's a pretty famous, mm. like, some of us probably know Simon Sinek. He taught, he's, a, he's, a, he's like a, he's <laughs> kind of like a psychologist. Really he's kind of like a psychologist, but he... He interviews people and and he talks a lot about. Um, he's got like glasses and spiky hair. He, he's interviewed like Navy SEALs and he talks about like the human condition a lot. And one of the ones that he talked about is if you look at your pinky, younger people have like an mm. L. They'll actually have it dip because nine times out of ten you hold your phone with your pinky. So you hold your phone like this with your pinky, and then the weight of it pushes the bone down a little bit. And so it was this. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they started off crooked, but okay, well, <laughs> the one is even more. And that is my phone hand. <laughs> oh, right? And, and, and so it was just like, I'm not talking about evolution or anything, but it's just the idea that our, we, like it's so conducive in our culture now that like our bodies actually have sort of adapted hmm. to it. 
you know? And it's like, I look at that and I'm like, that's crazy. That's also the guy who talks about like the ghost vibrates, right? If you don't mm. have your phone in your pocket, but your leg might shake or jiggle or whatever, or you think you'll hear a text or your phone and you'll touch it and there's nothing there. It's the same exact premise because your brain is actually trying to like, because it gets a dopamine release when mm. that happens. So your brain's trying to make it happen. So that's like when you're talking about like withdrawals or like, yeah, like when the students like, I'm actually curious about that. Like I, I haven't, sorry, mm. I, I know it's related, but I'm, I'm just curious about that. Cause like you mentioned that earlier yeah. about like the student withdrawals. Like what did that look like? Cause I've never tried anything like that with our students. Mm-hmm. I've more just been like the guy be like, Hey, get off your phone. Yep. Right. <clears throat> or watch how much you're watch what you're watching. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's something we've like, we've tried a few times, um, making it like a media free month, a media free week, a media free weekend, a media free day, like whatever <laughs> works. Um, and so I could probably speak best to just my own experience with it. Cause my wife and I'll do uh media free month, like every now and then. And actually we're currently in one, but it's like oh. the hardest one Whoops. we've ever had. <laughs> that's right. Whoops. Really tempting the man here. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like it's it really is withdrawal symptoms because you know, like you're saying, Logan, with just the dopamine hits in our brains, and um, even just understanding like the way that the chemical <clears throat> balance of our brains are affected by media and uh, our phones, especially like where we desire and crave that hit. I actually turned vibrate off my phone because of the va- the phantom mm. vibrate. Yep. Um, just couldn't have it anymore, uh, and that's actually. Even just something like that improved my dependency mm-hmm. on my phone, where uh, I only check it now when I think of it. But <laughs> that's also, you know, cuts both ways because yeah. then it's like, oh, maybe I should check more often. And now that I'm not getting notifications, and it drives people nuts, kind of like what you were I, saying, where yep. <laughs> if you don't like pick it up to answer text, some people, you know, it's they want a response rather yep. quickly. But oh, yes. Oh, I- so I'm glad you brought that up because I'm glad that there's another person that shares this, like a, a similar view on that. I don't have vibrate on my phone. I don't have anything. It is completely silent 99.9% <laughs> of the day. Same. My watch will send me a text message, like a quick notification, and I'll quickly look at it. And if it's nothing I need to look at, I'm going to forget about it. Boy, like, do my, my friends, when I first started doing this, hated me. <laughs> be in Bible college and they'd be like, <clears throat> Like, they'd text me, like, hey, we're going to do this. We're hanging out. And I just wouldn't check my phone. They'd have to start, like, pounding on my door to, like, get me to listen and, and all that stuff. But, like, I just became so more, like, free. And I don't – I'm not dependent on my yeah. phone anymore. And <clears throat> that might work – that might work for Dallas and I to, to mute our phones and, and all that stuff. And it takes a big investment into doing yeah. it. And I'll say this. I got the idea from my youth pastor, uh, well, a co-worker, pastor at the time, Ethan, who – that's what he does. He doesn't check his phone, like, unless he wants to check his phone. Like, that's that's his rule, right? Unless his wife texts him or something like that. He is not checking his phone unless he wants to. And it ticked me off because in a Bible college, I was one of his volunteers, and I'd be texting him because I needed the reference letter or this for this class or whatever, and he wouldn't answer me. And it would be like two weeks later. And then when I started working with him, I confronted him about it. And I was like, Ethan, how come you never answer your phone? And he sat me down and he looks at me and he's like, he's like, because I control my phone, it doesn't control me. Ooh. And then it all made sense. And then I was like, yes, yes, guru. How do I do yeah. this? <laughs> teach me your ways. Yeah, teach me your ways. <laughs> we talk about dependency and we talk a lot about like brain chemistry and everything like that. How 
we all know this, and we're going to talk about it. Phones and this media-obsessed culture affect our mental health and our mental well-being in some very positive ways, but I think more majority in our negative ways. And I think our students, like, we do have a, we do have a mental well-being, like, problem in our students these days. And I'm not just saying mental illness because I think there's a difference between, like, actual mental illness and having different things going on in your brain and actual depression and anxiety. But I think that because I'm not an expert and I can't speak on those things, but I do know that even if you don't have the clinical symptoms of those things, the media obsessed culture that we live in can lead you to those things. They can put you in those States. They can like put like they affect us in that way. Right? Like, I mean, Instagram doesn't show you on other people, like doesn't show you how many likes you have on your photos now. Like you see how many you don't or sorry, you don't see how many likes other people have because people were comparing themselves to other people and they were like, Well, how come my friend gets a hundred and I only get ten? So now it just tells you if you like it. It doesn't and there might be a setting you can turn on or off or whatever. Yeah, there's a setting on Instagram that you can choose okay. to have on or off. Yeah. So they put that in place because people were so like mentally hurt comparing themselves to all these things or YouTube took away the dislike button. Now they, they brought it back. Wait, there, there was a dislike button? Like now I just have the angry button. <laughs> you don't use it? <laughs> <laughs> I always press the angry button. Yeah. <laughs> um, but YouTube took away the dislike button and all the creators were like were really upset because they're like, that's how we know people d- dislike our content. Like like it's a good metric. But all the other young people and everything like that were like Oh, I have one like and ten dislikes, and they get all sad, and and they have this facade that that it matters, you know. And so it's like that that teenager who gets affected by it might not actually struggle with actual depression and anxiety or whatever, but they get put in in that state, or they they start to feel sad or down on themselves because of this like media obsessed culture we live in. And so, like, I want to talk about that. And one of the students in this New York Times article. Um, I didn't put her name down, which you can read the article for yourself and you can find it. But she says, I feel like phones have a negative effect on the mental stability of most teenagers today. There are many things uh, we worry about now. How many snaps have I got this hour? Have, Have people seen my story yet? I wonder if he's just ignoring me. Our phones present us with an ultimatum. Go out and be social or stay in and get on FaceTime. It's not the same. There are certain endorphins your mind releases when you are physically in contact with another person. Human human interaction is healthy. My phone brings me mixed emotions, and I kind of rely on my phone for almost everything. Before I had my phone, my life was very easy, and I was a social butterfly. Now I'm a 17-year-old girl who comes home from work watches a movie on my phone until I physically can't keep my eyes open. I teared up when I read that the first time because I think that's true, right? This person is so numb to real human interaction because she feels that she can get it on FaceTime or this or that or like whatever. And I'm not a youth pastor anymore. So I'm not, I mean, I was in 2018, 2019. So Three years have passed and a lot changed in those three years and everything. So um, how do we handle this, the mental health and the mental well-being side of 
media consumption in our youth today? Like, how do we do that? Yeah, what like message? How do you how do you approach it? I know you've you, you've already said like you do like the like one like challenge them to do something like right. I'm yeah, cur- I actually am curious because like you come up with some really smart ideas to <laughs> do stuff. Like I actually thought I've, <laughs> I've stolen a couple of them over the years. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I think one of the the pieces that I'm really thankful for that like psychologists are talking about more now is just fundamental like listen to your body. So things like uh, noticing when we're tired. Um, they also say like if you're watching movie and eating that you're not listening to your body because you're listening to your show. So you'll Mm. eat more than your body needs in that. Um, And so it's like the, the successful media free months that I have had. And I, you know, not just keep coming back to that as my soapbox, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a great um, idea. (laughs) It's like by the end of those months, um, withdrawal symptoms are gone. Actually, by the end of like the first week, uh, my wife and I find that's usually when we're like, okay, like, I feel like I'm not really, like, looking to break the rules anymore about, like, <laughs> you know, how can I get that media hit? Uh, and after that first week, like, creativity just spikes between us. Like, mm. we'll pick up different hobbies. We'll get outside more, uh, spend more time with each other, play board games together, um, and listen to our bodies more. Like, the very first thing that we realize when we start these media-free months where, like, we cut everything cold turkey is we are tired. And so it's, like... 8 o'clock, 8.30, rolls mm. around. It's like, well, <laughs> time to hit the hay because we are tired. Um, and I think that's a big piece of the crisis that we see in students right now because with all the distraction, um, nobody knows how tired they actually are. Um, and it's it's kind of like uh, Jim Carrey said once, uh, depressed is deep rest. Uh, and it's a need for your mm. body to slow down to get that deep rest to to unplug from everything just give yourself enough time to recharge and recoup um and i think there's something to that um not that that's all depression but definitely the the common depression that we all experience at some point or another um i think could be attributed to that hmm that's really good tim carrey very smart man yeah who knew <laughs> just kidding <laughs> he, smart he really is he really is <laughs> yeah. at times <laughs> now I have a question. Is this media consumption thing, is this a new form of idolatry? Ooh. I've always wondered that, and I've been thinking about it, because we are still a church, so we should probably, I mean, we mentioned scripture a little bit, but I was like, <laughs> normally I have a whole section on reading the Bible, but I was like, I couldn't think, like, the Bible doesn't, this is unprecedented, almost. We, like, And the only thing that I could link it to was idolatry, or like, or like time management. Kind of. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to link this to something biblical because back in Jesus' time, they didn't have an overwhelming amount of media to consume. They were lucky to have anything. So it was, so yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, I think it is. And I, I don't have an answer to this question. This isn't one that I'm lobbing a softball for. Like, I am genuinely yeah. just wondering do we think, like, is this a new form of idolatry? Let us know in the comments, too, what you guys think. I think it, I think it could be almost like identified as like the big distraction. Like, I think the enemy like, can use it. I mean, media can be used in a really effective way for ministry and not a form of idolatry where people are actually like, I mean, we were talking yesterday. There's so many like Christian YouTube content yeah. creators out there that it's like they're creating good quality content that is still good for Christians, but also is like, we might now on our part, we need to own up to the parts that we need to. But so I, I don't know. It's a slippery slope to say it is idolatry completely. But I think it yeah. like it's the same thing. It was like, if it becomes an idol in your life, it's like sports aren't necessarily 
an idolatry. Like there, I use that as because that's one of my best illustrations. But in my life, at one point, um, sports became an idol in my life, where God actually pointed that out. Holy Spirit revealed that to me, and it was like, hey, Bryce, you need to take a step back and feast your eyes on me and not just on there, because my identity became about um, sports. And I think sometimes, even in our culture, I think youth, myself, the reason why it's so hard to get rid of social media or something is because it's almost part of us, right? It's almost like we we bring that on ourselves. They're like, I, if I don't have my phone, I'm missing part of myself. Yeah. If I don't have Netflix, I'm missing part of it. And, and so it's like, it becomes part of our identity and, and part of our identity in our culture that is like, I don't want to get rid of it. And so mm-hmm. I think at that point, if that is where you are at, it might be verging on a form of idolatry because now you are taking on this identity that isn't God. And so it's like I said, it's like, I think it's just a slippery slope. Um, you got to be careful with what it is, but to call it directly idolatry, like blanket statement, I think that'd be too broad of, <laughs> yeah. I don't have yeah. assessment mm-hmm. where I think like to look at it more is like, I think you have to assess yourself to see if it is idolatry, right? Because it's like some people will play sports and they're actually praising God and they're bringing so much more glory to God through it. And it's not an idol in their life. They're still going to church. They're being part of their, they have that identity in Christ first. Yeah. But then when it comes to media, same thing. There's people that will watch one or two videos and then they'll go pray or they'll watch a sermon. Right. And then they'll go and pray about that or like, and they'll actually engage with the Lord where, but if you're continuously scrolling and not engaging, I would say then that has become borderline your God and not Yahweh. <laughs> yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, it's very much like you were saying earlier uh, with, I think it was a pastor um, that you worked with who oh. said... Uh, Ethan. Ethan, yeah, Pastor Ethan. His phone doesn't control him, but he controls yes, his yeah. phone. Yeah. And I think, like like you're saying, Bryce, like it's that question of who's the master of my life and yeah. who am I working for? And you think of like like when Jesus talked in Matthew 6 about not being able to serve two masters. Yeah. You can either serve go. God or serve money. Um, I think, you you know, it doesn't have to be specifically money, but it could be, you could attribute money to anything <clears> in your life that you're working for, slaving for, giving your life yeah. away for. Because I think anybody who finds themselves in the midst of like a social media addiction or any kind of media addiction or any addiction for that matter would realize that, oh, this has become a master of my life now. Yeah. Um, and it's that heart level check of, who or what am I living for? Yeah. That's good. I think as soon as you said the master part, I thought I, I really agree with that. Like, I think that's a great way of putting it. Rather than like idolatry, is, is it a mastering over you? Are you mm. a slave? Because we're not called to go back into slavery, Paul says. Yeah. We've been freed of our freed of being slaves. Mm-hmm. And so why would we go back in? And so the same thing I think in this way is like, we're not called to be slaves. We're called to rule over. We're a part of the kingdom, right? Absolutely. And so it's like we have authority over what we do with media. Mm-hmm. So I like that your way of putting it. Like, are you a master over it, or is it a master over you? Like, that's yeah. that's really well said. Absolutely, good job. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Gold star. Oh, Gold star. Never heard yeah, that there one it before. is. Never uh, heard that one before. That's original. You get an extra shot at the impo- impossible <laughs> shot. Well, it's kind of like you know, just to again, like piggyback off of that because it was so well put with just this idea of master. Um, because I think Paul expounded on it then too in first Corinthians six, like yes. talking about, um, you know, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Uh, don't fool yourself, <clears throat> yourselves, those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or 
commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people. Kind of all these things, like all these things that we all, we all are so capable of doing. So he's like, again, kind of Romans 1 leveling the playing field yeah. saying like, none of these are worse than the other. It's just each of these things are going to keep you from living that life abundant and life to the full that yes. Jesus has for you. I don't care. I did this. I did this sermon when I was in junior youth. I said, and the, 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 um, this is the sermon I'm most proud of. I said friends are more than the amount of followers you have, and it was the idea that sorry, it doesn't matter how much you talk about your religion on Instagram or all these things that it's not getting you into heaven. I was like, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter how many verses you put in your bio or mm. whatever. That's not what leads you to heaven. That's not what leads you to these things. It doesn't matter how many followers you have, yada, yada, yada. It's everything is on the level playing field, and the only thing that gets us there is that that the relationship that we have with Christ and only through him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm glad you guys brought that up because I think that is really, really well put. And I think that matters for everybody at every generation. It doesn't matter. There is something that... In this world, it is so much easier for us to put ahead of our relationship with God. It's just the way our world is designed, right? Because we're not, we're, we as humans aren't designed, like we live in a broken world. And so it's so easy for us to find something else to put on top of our relationship with God, which is sad, but it's true. And so, yeah, I'm glad. I like the way that you guys put that. I was like, way better than I would have come up with. So. Yeah, I think the way you said it, like, keeps it you from an abundant life with God. I think mm-hmm. that's exactly it. It's like, it's distra- It's a distraction, right? Yep. Even though it, it, we can say it and be like, oh, this is still good. I'm using it for social, like, to get closer or whatever. I'm learning. Like, I watch, I watch TikToks that are, that are, that have Christians yeah. talking about it. And so, therefore, I'm being filled. But then it was like, what are you doing with that? Is it actually allowing you to become more abundant in the word of God and become closer to his presence? Or is it pulling you away from what and and it's trapping you in this little circle where you might actually be withdrawn from him where mm-hmm. and you're you're actually it's almost the same thing living through your parents versus actually living through your own faith where it's like yep. we live through our phones rather than actually and so other people on they were like oh but I watch these people but I was like well but are you living out what they are doing versus yeah. like because you listen to it all day long but then are you actually then living it out as yeah. well through listening to it so. Right. I think it's like, is it leading you to a more abundant life? I like the way that you said that. Cause yeah. I think that's exactly is like, cause you can use these tools to lead you to a more abundant life or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's what we really need to explore right now at this moment in life is what did Jesus mean by an abundant life? Because um, if you think about it, like from the get go in the garden of Eden, like it was that feeling that God's holding out on us that caused Adam and Eve to, yeah. rebel against him. And I think in each of our lives, it's like, well, surely he doesn't have everything that I actually need or want. Um, and I think the more we explore that, that no, Jesus came offering life abundant, like life in its fullest possible expression. Um, the more we'll see how each of these, like these things that we allow to distract us, uh, how they actually hinder us instead of help us. Yeah, for sure. Like, <clears throat> absolutely. I, like, take it from me, I spend a lot of time, I mean, my whole job is making posts and, and media and videos and, and everything like that. And my goal is is to put as much good faith-founded, like, foundational stuff out there. But 
the goal isn't to just watch the video and be done. It's to, or it's not just to read the post and, and, and be like, yeah, that was nice. No, it's supposed should be a call to action. It should be yeah. like, mm-hmm. we are calling you to something more. It isn't just like, like whatever. It doesn't matter if I'm putting out um, this or that. It's still, you still need to take the step after to do something with it. My, uh, one of my mentors and youth leaders when I was just a teenager used to say, Use the uh, he used an analogy of like the human body. He's like, we're so good at eating. He's like, we just sit there and we just take the, all this food in and it's delicious and we love it and we enjoy it in the moment. But then he's like, we and then we go lay on the couch. Hmm. Hmm. And he's like, and then he's like, then you're getting fat and then your body's getting this and you're losing all this. And he wasn't using he wasn't trying to make some health analogy or whatever. It wasn't that, but he was just saying he's like, we take in all of this amazing stuff, but we don't do anything with it. Hmm. You know, and so it's like it, I I don't care if you if your TikTok feed is only pastors, if you're not going out and doing something with it, then what's the point? If it's not leading you to an abundant life, if it's not leading you to a deeper relationship with Christ, if if your students are listening to your messages or to your small groups or whatever, but they're not practicing it in school or they're not you know practicing it in our own life, then like, what does it matter, right? Like. We could preach all the sermons we want on a Sunday morning, but if people aren't applying that to their life throughout the week, what, what's the point? They're just getting fat. pH fat, not, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I think that's just, I think that's another big challenge of like how to yeah. just navigating this like culture that we live in today, right? It, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do we then get, call people to action? You know, like I think that's another big one. So I think that I think that's partially how we get our like students want to be involved. They like to help. They like to they like to have a purpose. They like to feel like they're a part of something. Our biggest turnouts when I was in like some of our biggest turnouts were events that were like serving events. So like sometimes like we would have to like move the chairs in the sanctuary and I would just like text a couple of students and I they boom, they're there. Cuz it's like they just they want to feel like they're a part of something even if it is only moving chairs. Or like we did a Montreal missions trip. I never really got to plan them. I just got to go on one and just support. But we did like 30 students. We'd have to like, we'd have to have like a cutoff date for registration because so many students wanted to go and like serve. And yeah, you're going to Montreal and stuff like that. So it's cool. But like so many students just chomping at the bit to go and help and to serve and all these things. Like they want to feel involved. They want to feel like they have a purpose. And so it's like, we can take the energy that they have towards scrolling TikTok and somehow funnel it and apply it to like a mission. I think we'd have a greater success. I'm, I don't know. Been out of the youth ministry game a little while, so I'm not not sure. I don't know if that's still the case today, but no, I, would, I would I would still say it's still very prominent in like anytime we've done a service thing, like or like trying to help, or like even in the church, I find like you ha- we need volunteers for something to help make an event happen. Boom, the church like steps up. They're like, yep, yeah, I'm there. I'm going to help. I want to be there. Because there's a something in us that we want to be able to serve, mm-hmm. but then it's being given the opportunity to serve. And so it's like, I need to work. I, I personally need to work on this better at times. I'm getting better at it with youth of letting them have opportunities to serve, to actually learn to serve too. Because it's like, when Jesus even said, we came not to, <laughs> yep. not to be served, but to serve, right? Mm-hmm. And so we need to imitate that as well. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Have you find, are you finding the same thing in? In your youth group, like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm very hopeful for this 
generation you know not to you know not to label like oh <laughs> the last those, one those though. millennials you know yeah, we, we suck <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, terrible but i mean like it it does seem positive like the fact that like we have articles like this new york times one where like students are realizing it like oh yeah this isn't this isn't great for me and and that they have that desire to to serve to be a part of something greater than themselves and to you know, they want that life abundant, uh, and they're, they're ready. Um, but like you said, Bryce, they just want that opportunity and yeah. that's so well put. Okay. I feel like we've had enough. We've, we've covered the topic enough. Let's get into some fun stuff. about <laughs> <laughs> Because <clears throat> no fun here. Yeah. Youth ministry <laughs> is like, it's supposed to be fun. And let's talk about it because no, like seriously though, I think so many people have a, like this, in, this idea that youth ministry is like boring or maybe, you know, some of the parents that that went to youth when they were like when they were a teenager and they sat there and listened to some guy talk about how rock music was bad and and all these things it's like no that's not like what it should be that's not what it is today and i want to like tell people i want to like there are seniors that listen to this or people around the world who might not actually have an understanding of like what we you guys do and i want to i want to educate them we like you guys have fun like we we build relationships with students and we do that through a myriad of different ways. And so I want to ask you guys, what is your favorite game from when you were in youth ministry? And then we'll <laughs> ask what, what favorite game you came up with as like a youth pastor. But we'll start with you guys as teenagers. What was your favorite youth game? I mean, I still stand by that. And I still play this at the youth. Like it's, I think it's still being played. I think it was the funnest game. I call it garbage. And it's like you have a garbage bin right in the middle of like of the circle and everybody links hands or like wrist, however you want to hold on. Basically you hold on for dear life. And the objective of this game is like you are running around in this, around in a circle while all holding hands and you're trying to push the person beside you into the garbage can. If they hit the garbage can, they're out. Or if you're trying to be, if you're too aggressive and like you lose your grip with the person beside of you, both of you are out. Yeah. And so it it was just like, I don't know what it it was the most simple game. It wasn't complicated at all, Mm. but it's what kept me coming to youth group week after week because I was Same. like, I was like, I love this game, and I would like intentionally go up with like the beside like the biggest guy because I was like that was just my mentality. Like I was in judo and I was like I was an athlete. I was like I need to I need to prove myself that prison I'm strong. Rules. I was Gotta like, go find the biggest guy. <laughs> <laughs> prison rules. Yeah, I won't tell about uh, the shanks that I brought. So. <laughs> yeah. so things learned at youth group. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was that was like a, like a staple at our youth group and like. That and like in the river, out of the river, which is again like just a big line across the sanctuary, and like you were either in the river, or out of the river. You have one person calling in the river, step in the river, and then you, if you're not in there when they call it, then boom, you're out. Oh, super simple! Wow, that's like the most it, easy game ever. It is, but then like our youth pastor would like she would she was she was like conniving, like she would try and like she's like all right now turn the other way because your body like starts getting used to it and then she wouldn't give you time to adjust and then she started all right in the river Aww. and then you try you're like ah oh. and then if you didn't do it quick enough you're out and so she was so genius. creative to make it because she we had a youth group of like a hundred people when i was going in high school genius and like that was yeah that was like those are the fun games that i remember like that kept me coming week after week so yeah dallas That's awesome we're both um, from the same city so. that's true yeah growing yeah. up in regina um so yeah, I think mine, it's a different name depending on the province you're in. Like when I came yeah. and started my position here, um, everybody calls it SWAT. 
Um, in Regina, though, we called it Noodler. That's N-O-O-D. <laughs> and uh, you take a pool noodle, and you got someone in the middle. It's basically like your classic monkey in the middle yeah. game, but it's like a name game. And so each student has to say their name, then the person that they would like yeah. to direct the the SWAT or the noodler uh, towards to go and mm-hmm. whack. Uh, mm-hmm. If you get whacked, you switch places, and you need to... Uh, to pass it on and keep it going. See, I have never heard that called Noodler or SWAT. We called it Womp. Don't know why. <laughs> uh, shout out Pastor Nikki. She called it Womp. You, she probably still calls it that, actually. But yeah, that game was that game was ruthless, man. Like uh, some of those youth leaders, dude. When I was in like grade six, seven, bro, they like they'd sm- like you don't think a noodle can like hurt that much <laughs> no when it's coming from a 25 year old guy and you're kind of smack i deserved it i'll be honest I deserved, <laughs> I deserved every smack i got you gotta you got fold the noodle in half so it's got like double sides oh yeah so it's like it. you can really nah, like start we, wailing on someone we really we, yeah we, we we stopped doing that but, <laughs> so i love both of those games i play both of them my favorite youth game is from when i was a teenager and it's so simple. I learned it in drama class, actually. And then I kind of brought it to youth ministry. It's called Awe. And it's the simplest game in the world, but it's the most competitive thing I have ever played. So you just get everybody to stand in a circle. And it's it's supposed to be like a vocal and like an agility warm-up for drama. So you're like ready to go. Everybody stands in a circle and one person starts and they have the awe and they just raise their hands and they point at one person in the circle with both hands and they say, ah, and Dallas would go and he receives it and he puts his hands up and he goes, ah, and now he's received it. Now a person on left and right at the same time, they chop, they don't actually hit you, but they at the <laughs> same time go, ah, now they have charged you. So now you can go send the ah to somebody else. And the idea is it's supposed to be ah, ah, ah. You're supposed to keep a cadence throughout the whole Thing and eventually it gets faster and it gets faster. And if you mess up or if you chop too late or you don't receive it, like you're out. And then it gets down to the last hmm. three. And then you're just going like this and you're chopping and it's like the most <laughs> insane thing in the world. And then eventually one there's there's no way you can play it with two people. So they're just two people left are the winners. And like, yeah, it took a while for us to like learn as a youth group how to play it. But bro, near the end of it, like grade twelve, especially, <laughs> sheesh, these games would last like twenty five minutes because we were so competitive. And like you would, you like people would make like little alliances and they'd be like spreading out team members and everything like that. Like this person's really good at this. Like it was competitive and it was so simple, no tools needed, nothing, just just awe. And it it was awesome. I I wonder. I don't know if Calvary Temple still plays it because if they do, that's awesome. <laughs> And ping pong baseball. Nice. You can play it in, we played it in the sanctuary. Can't really hurt much with a ping pong ball. Well, you'd that's be, a great idea. You'd be surprised. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give Actually, that a try. Yeah. Yeah. You can play it in, because what's a ping pong ball going to hurt, right? Just make sure you have lots of them on hand because you're going to get right. the kid that thinks he's Babe Ruth and he's going to like crank it and he's going to smash the ball. And then it's over for everybody if you only have one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I only brought one. <laughs> Nobody wants to, yeah. So, that's, so, but now, as youth pastors, what if what are the favorite games that you've come up with that you do now in your youth group? And don't say the one that you guys already said because yeah. that's lame. Right, <laughs> lame. Well, I didn't come up with this one. It's a shout out to Bethany, uh, who's just a genius. Uh, it's called Death Ball, where you take an exercise Love the name. ball, uh, and it's ba- again monkey in the middle, <laughs> but with a an exercise ball. So you 
can throw it, you can kick it, you can punch it, you can pick it up and like smack it against the person next to you to make them <laughs> the last person to touch it so that when the person in the middle gets it, then they're in. Uh, it's great. It's probably the game that we've seen the most like injuries from, <laughs> oh, which all yeah. good games have. Uh, so definitely death ball, number one. That's cool. so, so the point is to just not get hit with the ball? Uh, yeah, it's don't be the last one to touch it when the person in the middle gets the ball because then you're the monkey in the so middle. So is it just on a time then? Like, is it just like... Uh, it's kind of just... Um, we just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, We just cool. go until we feel like the person in the middle can be the the winner as the loser. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. Man, I, there's so many different games because like what I like to do is like I like to try and find like basic games that are played and then add a twist to them. Yep. But I don't know. There's two two that I think of that we kind of created as a youth group that are like the most ridiculous games. Oh, yes. This one's not like violent. We call it Phil. It's a pylon flipping league. And so oh, yes. Phil, Phil. Uh, emphasis on the fill. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, we played. We actually they played it at the uh, youth rally. I don't know if you when we yeah, did it up yep. front. Like so, basically the objective of the game is you have a team of like four or five people and you have pylons, like like big orange pylons, and you have to try and first person flips it. It's like bottle flipping, yeah, but with pylons, and you have to try and flip it. And the first person's super easy. You just have to land it flat. The next person has to try and flip it and land it on top of the cone yeah, like and, a, and then each person has to do that uh, successfully and if you don't do it there you have to restart and so the objective is to try and get all every single person to flip it perfectly and land on and so this just came out of us randomly it was like a power weekend which was like a weekend for like the kids and that's as leaders were like i don't know we're bored and we had pylons in front of us we started flipping them and we're like huh then we started yeah. challenging each other and we're like we created a game out of it and we called it phil why is it called Phil? I don't know. It's the most ridiculous name. Doesn't make sense at all. But it's like cool. And then the other game that we've kind of come up with is uh, called Oatmeal Ball, which has oh. nothing to do with oatmeal. <laughs> but it was just like I was like I don't know what to call this game, and I asked the youth, and they're like, let's call it Oatmeal. It was like junior youth, and I was like, okay, perfect. Yeah. So it's Oatmeal Ball, and basically we have like this big yoga ball, um, or like a bigger ball. And you go to the middle of the court and you have two teams. It's kind of like handball where you have pylons. Uh, and instead of nets, you have pylons in the middle. And like you have like a square that they can't enter in besides two defenders like on your team are allowed in there. And you have to try and throw this big ball and hit um, the ball off of the pylon. We love pylons in our youth group, apparently. They're great. <laughs> Invaluable resource. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically, yeah, you have to try and throw it and hit that. And at the very start, before anything starts, we have everybody go across center line, look each other straight in the eyes, shake each other's hand, say, good luck, Jesus loves you. Nice. <laughs> and then we throw the, I throw the ball up and say, let's play oatmeal. <laughs> and so it's like the most ridiculous game ever. But the youth, like at first, like they're like, I don't know. But then they just love it now. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't know. It's it's one of those games where it's like I have no idea why they enjoy this, but it's it's a lot of fun. So so I also so I have two. One of them is super simple. Me and one of my best friends, Benjamin Potter, we were just volunteers, and Pastor Ethan's like, "You guys are in charge of games." Tells us like two weeks in advance. I'm a busy. We're both busy college students. We totally forget. Night of comes, we have nothing, not a thing, and he's like, "Hey, can you guys run out and get some supplies or something?" Like, yeah, we're at Pee Wee Mart. Okay, we're just looking through the aisles because we're like, we, we need something. We're in the clearance section and there's a dictionary. <laughs> 50 cents. 
We bought this dictionary for 50 cents. On the drive back, we came up with a game, the dictionary game. I know, a rare, very original <clears throat> title. And we just would take turns flipping to a random page, picking a word, and then two teams had to guess the best guess on what the <laughs> word means. Loved it. I think they still play that <laughs> to this day. And it was the most simple game ever. Okay. Now, the other one, I guess it's, it, it, it's a game, but it's also kind of an event. We were... We were brainstorming that's the word i was thinking of for just games events things we were gonna do and randomly we just we just said fruit night didn't know what it was didn't have any clue but we put it on the calendar for a couple months and we're like hey we gotta come up with some for fruit night you guys know like gladiator like where you wear like cardboard and you put eggs Uh, on people or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we did that but with fruit so we gave them like i think we still used eggs but we gave them like just a bunch of fruit and they had to make weapons and armor oh, out that's of, awesome out of it fruit is. so like people are wearing like like watermelon rinds on their arm and like all these it was extremely expensive because like yeah no kidding we did it in the winter <laughs> when fruit is like obviously at its highest <laughs> price but i i might have the video somewhere on one of my phones or something but bro it was massive we have this like <laughs> tiny little like cafe room that we used we put like tarps around and we're trying to like, cause we didn't want to have to clean. There's fruit juice on the ceiling. Like every, cause <laughs> they're like just like, game. they're taking like cucumbers and, every, and they're just using them as swords and they're like hitting <laughs> each other and like they're throwing tomatoes or like, it was, na- it was awesome. It was so much fun. And so like, <laughs> yeah, that was, that's my favorite. They have fruit gladiator. That's like sounds- the juice and you've got another youth game down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that one. Will it blend? (laughs) Will it blend? (laughs) That's a good one. So we did that. What are some of your? What are some of the games that you guys would come up with where you're like, "Uh, never again? Whether it be too dangerous, (laughs) or like you get in trouble, or like maybe not trouble, but you know what I mean. Like there's some controversy behind it, or like. Obviously, yeah. don't, don't pick one. Everybody's looking can. at me. No, no, I have one, too. I have some, too, of, like, things that we did that we probably shouldn't have done because, you know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll start off with this story, and I'll, I'll warm us up. We did Tribal Wars, okay? It's just, it's just Mission Impossible, right? Get one thing from, what like, one side of the church to the other. But we decided to call it, like, Tribal Wars, and we made it. We turned the entire church into a jungle. Blacked out all the windows. We had fog machines everywhere. We bought, like, we bought... Michael's out of vines and everything, and we just ran around the church and we found all these random gold, like little statues, and we hid them around as idols, and they could get bonus points for them and and everything. And we totally forgot about one, and we found it like months later. And anyway, we made this intro. We made this promotional video. It's a single candle in the middle, lighting up one youth pastor and and the junior youth pastor at the time, and they're just like chanting. They're just like making like gruffing, like oh noises and stuff like that. And they got like war paint on and flashes the tribal warfare and everything like that. We got we got in some pretty We definitely got a we got an earful about that one. That's legendary. That sounds awesome. Oh, you know, and, and the person we didn't get an earful, but the person that was upset about it was just they were upset because they felt like we were making a mockery of actual like tribes and stuff like that. And we apologized. It was like, no, that was not the goal. Like, mm. you know, like very respectful, but we definitely just, you know, 
<laughs> Definitely had to rethink that one real quick. We were like, oh, let's maybe take that off Instagram because we don't want that to get all over the place. So that was one where we definitely like, yeah, we definitely, you know, crossed a bit of a line. You don't ever mean to, but it was just like, oh, yeah. that one uh, probably didn't go so good. And you learn from it and, and you move on. But that one was still, I think, one of our most highest attended events ever. I hate dressing up. I hate doing anything like that. I just don't like it. I had like red face paint on. I looked crazy. <laughs> like, oh, I was, I just covered in it. And I'm like running around pretending to be like a deranged, like cannibal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> literally, that's what the leaders were. We were cannibals. Oh, no. We Very were nice. We were cannibals. <laughs> and we were supposed to, like, like, it was, and we had like the two teams competing. It was awesome. We didn't leave the church till like 2 a.m. that day because <laughs> we had to completely take everything out and Ooh. down before like the next day. So like we spent the entire day setting it up. I didn't get home till like two thirty, because we had to take all the car everything down. And so that was another like regret. I'm just like, oh man, next time we do this, I was like, let's not do it on a Thursday where we have to reset the church for Friday so that people can come in and have a normal office. <laughs> <laughs> you know, day I was like, if we do this, we're doing it on a Friday where we can come back Saturday or so. yeah. I was <laughs> like, yeah. So that's what I mean. Just like a funny kind of story like that where like you learn your yeah. lesson, you know, something like that. I mean, for me, I, it was my first year of and youth ministry. Just, I just don't incriminate yourself, yeah. or don't like, don't do anything that you feel uncomfortable. Like if you just, oh no, no, this one, like I, I, I blatantly, like, I tell the story to a lot of people. It was this That's one true. where it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like an ongoing joke in our it office is a now. Funny story. It's like it's literally it's like anytime so I, I go to do like a kind of an odd event, they're like, well, just uh, don't do this, and then I was like, ah, come on. What am I? I'm never. It's one of the ones where I'm never gonna live down, but it's like a joke now uh basically my first year of youth ministry uh it was it was a really really cold winter and i was trying to be as creative as possible and i'm like what can we do that would like help with this cold weather and i'm like you know what let's let's like pretend it's summer let's like have a summer themed like hawaiian themed like and fun uh activity night so i was like let's get rid of like let's push the winter away and let's bring summer and so i like put a post out there and i was saying like Hey everyone, like wear your like summer clothes, like tank tops, and like let's have some, let's have some fun. We're gonna have volleyball, and right now it doesn't sound too bad, right? Nope. Uh, but the kicker is, uh, I decided I was like, you know what would also be a great idea was if we turned the baptismal tank into a hot tub. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so I, I was like, I, I'm, I'm sitting there all day. I got permission from our senior pastor. Go. Everybody on, on everybody on staff was on board with it. And I was like, okay. I asked the right people. And then, uh, well, word got out. <laughs> and uh, some parents weren't too happy that we were using the baptismal tank as a hot tub. Um, so I spent the whole day warming up this hot this uh, baptismal tank, because I don't know, I just saw it as a, I, I see, I still see it kind of as like a tub. Like, Absolutely. It is just mm. a thing of water that sits empty most of the time. So I was like, let's use it. It's part of the building. Let's use it as a hot tub. And we had, I was going to have like leaders watching it the whole time. And like I had things in place to make sure that like, you know, no tomfoolery happens at this uh, hot tub <laughs> yeah. party. And the youth were so pumped about it. Like they were like, yeah. And then finally I got enough complaints that I was like, all right, maybe I should <laughs> pull the plug on this event and so I, I i literally had to last a minute like the, like an hour before the event or like maybe not even half hour i was like well it was a good idea <laughs> maybe five <laughs> years from now <laughs> and so i pulled the plug and then ever since then everybody on staff has just kind of like poked fun at me 
a boat up, you're like, well, at least it's not the baptismal tank. Or are you going to use the baptismal <laughs> tank again, Bryce? And so like, it's like this ongoing thing, which I think is hilarious now. But yeah, that was one where uh, I, in theory, it was a great idea. And I, I told other youth pastors like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I still <laughs> think it's a great idea. I know. I <laughs> thought so too. But uh, apparently, like just like your tribal wars, no malintent with it. But some people just like, because it is a sacred thing yes. of baptism and so they saw it that way, and I was like, oh, I didn't really think that part. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just thought it'd be a fun activity. Yeah, nine times out of ten, where we we get so caught up on the fun idea, we necessarily don't weigh the pros and cons necessarily. <laughs> so for those listening that maybe complained, we hear you, and that's we're great that we're happy that's that you <laughs> we're happy that you tell us these things because we don't ever want to hurt anybody's feelings. And we, that's why we pulled the plug. Yeah. yeah, it's very much research and development in yeah. youth ministry of, hey, why not? And then, yeah. and then oh, that's why not. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Now I know. So you get to some events, and uh, one thing that we'll never do again is tobogganing. Oh. Um, and I think that's just self-explanatory. You've got, oh, like, you know, bodies laid all out throughout the hill, and you've got people going home with concussions, and they hit a jump that was not built by an engineer. It was built by <laughs> a seven-year-old and his buddy. Um, but we've done... Uh, Instead of going to like Hanbury Hill for tobogganing, we've brought tobogganing to the church Ooh. and we've done indoor tobogganing, uh, which if you've been at our church, you know that there is a <laughs> wicked slope in our sanctuary. I just got the biggest <laughs> grin on my face. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> and so uh, we have one youth leader, Everett. Shout out to Everett, who's also a legend. He um, is a legend. Yeah. He brought these giant tire inner tubes. Um I don't even know why they were there. It might have been like a gym blast game or something we were doing with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, But uh, I think it was after youth that we also happened to have two little trolley dollies, <gasps> uh, little square ones. Yes. And so we strapped two of those together with two of these giant inner yes. tubes on them. And we basically bobsledded people uh, down one side of the ramp. And then we had just like sheets of plywood kind of leaning up on the stairs to the stage. So you'd bank the turn and then it would send you up the middle aisle. Uh, we had a couple wipeouts, which were pretty legendary. And we, at some point, we'll probably post those videos online. I was gonna, I <laughs> this is incredible. I see this. I was this like, is we, awesome. we don't have a steep. Ours is flat, so we would never be able to do that. No, no, oh, no, yeah. Down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Going towards the gym where it's like yeah. this steep. <laughs> what could go wrong? Actually, right. no, no, no. Do it by the office. That's a long enough hallway. Oh, there we go. I mean, your whole sled is an airbag, so you, who could get hurt, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what could go wrong? That's right. I'm waiting for emails. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I love that. That is oh. awesome. Yeah, definitely one of the best things we've ever we've ever come up with that, uh, yeah. you know, the right people know about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, now the whole world. Yeah, that's right. Um, this is the last story, and then I want to ask one more question, and then we're done. We had a bunch of bouncy castles for one of our kickoff events and all the youth were gone so it's we're putting them away whatever we're having fun all us youth leaders are like let's yes <laughs> let's have some fun right because all people that do youth ministry we're big kids at heart right like yep. that's yeah we like to have fun and sometimes when you're the youth pastor the leader you can't always have fun on the night you gotta be respectful and let the kids do it and be there for you when they get a concussion and all these things it's all it was late we're all like overtired. We're hopped up on Red Bull or something probably at this point. And we're like, let's just go play in the bouncy castles. Just a bunch of full grown men. Just just <laughs> completely like abusing these bouncy castles and everything. And we got into this like wrestling match. It was like four of us. And like our fr 
Shout out Mike. He ripped his he ripped his shorts. Like oh my goodness, he's like wearing like khaki shorts, but I guess they just couldn't handle the intensity and everything <laughs> like that. So he ripped them a little bit. But shout out to Ben again. It was like it had like a little bounce here and then a little ladder thing that you could slide down and get out. It had this mesh netting up top, and Ben figured out a way to climb up there. So he's an adult. We're not gonna tell him no. And I'm a fairly big guy. Mike's a, you know, he's a trade. He's a big guy, but he's like big and strong. And then Ethan, like another like six foot guy. So we're like, we're big guys. Ben's up there. Perfect little launch pad. <laughs> so he could sit, like lean back on one side and we could run into it and shoot him into the middle part because it didn't have a net. Oh my goodness. So we <clears throat> put it in the middle of the gym, <laughs> put Ben up top ran at him, sent him flying off this, like, <laughs> he landed, no, he landed, he's okay. Okay. But he, he landed in, like, the bouncy, ca- like, the other part of the bouncy ha- castle, but he, like, hit the wall, and, like, uh-huh. like, it was bad, and it was so, like, it was, in, and we did that, like, four or five times before, like, some of the girls came in, and we're like, what are you doing? And we're like, nothing. This, <laughs> so, like, wife came in, and we're like, no, we're not breaking the own rules that we set what are you talking about and this is why women live longer than men (laughs) (laughs) so i i had to share that one um last question this is a fun one and this will determine if i post this episode or not (laughs) yeah uh just kidding um are you team unforeseen kiss or are you team sloppy wet? Kiss? That's still going on. I <laughs> care. Okay, it's, it's, it's a legitimate question. Feel like we've got new, I, newer songs that have come out. Absolutely, <laughs> but absolutely. none more controversial. Oh, are you kidding <laughs> me? Than this one. There are really? way more controversial songs. Are you kidding me? I just think that like I like to ask this question. So it doesn't matter what you say. I know what's right. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like I feel like you have to answer first. Oh boy, there's so much pressure to that. But yeah. um, if I had to decide, um, <laughs> yeah, gun to your head, life or death. That's life, right. And uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not gonna hardline either one, but I would lean towards sloppy wet kiss just because the right uh, answer. It's like you think of like any kiss you've ever gotten from your grandmother or um, any like sweet endearing person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always sloppy wet. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You have to wipe the cheek after grandma grandma kisses you on the cheek, man. It's real. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I haven't gotten many unforeseen kisses, and that's great. I'd love to keep that going. Yes. <laughs> I agree. But I would just, if, if I have to choose one. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think uh, at one point I said unforeseen, and then we've had a conversation. I, I changed it. And it has actually changed my perspective as unforeseen is like a really creepy, like, it's got, it's weird. I was like, an unforeseen kiss is like, what are you doing? It like, just uh, smells like, of sexual uh, harassment. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. There we go. I wasn't going to say it. I was thinking it. <laughs> that's what the podcast is about. We talk about the real things. And if that, like, that's what it means. To me, yeah, that's yeah, what it Yeah, yeah. It looks like, it's, it sounds like sexual harassment. I was like, we're just, is that what we're calling God now? And there's enough of that already. So I think sloppy wet is more. And then like, I think you yep. shared it like, like a dog. Yeah, like a dog coming in, like a, oh, like a yeah. sloppy yeah. wet kiss, that's, where it's like, but they like it's endearing. They like love you. They, yeah. they care for you. That's the actual meaning of that portion. Is dogs don't have the same concept of time that humans do, so dogs have like real abandonment issues. That's why when you come home, even if you're only gone for ten minutes, your dog greets you the same as if you're gone for ten days, because to them they only see that you're gone. 
So they meet you, they jump up on you, give you a sloppy wet kiss, all that stuff. It's the same thing with God. It doesn't matter if we're gone from him for 10 days, 10 years, he greets us the same. Mm-hmm. So that's what that part is meaning. And and so mm-hmm. that got lost in translation and everything like that. And I, and I bring it up because it's like, we're, we're pretty like, that song was like a really popular when we were like, it was very impactful right. for me yeah. at least. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I feel like it was impactful for you guys when you were in YouTube. You probably heard it a lot at camp and all <laughs> every stuff. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that's why I bring it up because obviously I could talk about new songs and everything like that. But, um, that's for next podcast. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was that. Um, I just wanted to have some fun because listen, our podcast is great and we talk about a lot of serious topics and everything like that. But it's good to inject some levity and some joy and just some humor and fun into this because of. People think Christianity is this stiff neck, mm. like wear your suit and tie every day and all that stuff. Like that's also, that's not a good picture of it. Like youth ministry is there to have fun and to reach students. And you guys are doing an incredible job of that because like I, at least I can't, I can say for McDermott because I've talked to some of the students that have gone there and things like that, like that also come here and I've heard really yeah. good experiences mm. from it. Um, but I've seen it here with, I mean, a lot of my volunteers now have come from your like youth ministry and everything like that. And like, that's really huge and that's important. And I see that as like a great value and I know many do as well. So I wanted to give you guys the, make your head swell up 10 sizes and say (laughs) like, you guys, like the work you do may not always go recognized, but it is good work. And I see it and I know that others do too. So leave your feeling encouraged. I jokingly say with our youth groups, like they're basically the same youth group because they yeah. they intermingle <laughs> so right. much with each other. It's like, yeah. oh, they, and it's like they're like torn between where to go. Like, oh, do I go to Bethel? Do I go to McDermott? I'm yeah. like, they're going one of the places. Great so. problem to have. Yeah, <laughs> I just got better snack. <laughs> yeah. We That's do have a strong factor. snack game. Yeah, yeah. We we, we recently just got like chips parents. ahoy. We, oh. we, we got like we found like my wife found like discounted like chips ahoy and Oreo like packets. And so we ended up getting that for our small group. So that might have been the game changer. Ooh. <laughs> well, you get some Betty Crocker uh, icing, icing and you got giant <laughs> Oreos. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we could keep going forever. Um, we'll definitely have to have you guys on again. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode of Forgiven. Thank you both for making time out of your schedules to come on. Everything like that. I hope you guys had fun. I know I did. And I actually learned more about youth ministry than I did before. And so I hope that the listeners and the viewers at home did as well. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Make sure you hit the share button. I don't care how many subscribers or likes or whatever I get. I just want more people to listen. We don't make money off of it. I don't do it to make money. I do it because I want to help people and inspire people. So hit the share button. Share it around, whether on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all those things. Share it around, please. And uh, that's that. If you want to connect with us, leave us a comment, obviously. I check them all. But if you have a prayer request or a topic or something, you know, like something we need to be admonished about, we got something wrong, whatever, send us an email to forgiven at bethelbrandon.ca. I check it all the time. Please email us with any questions, concerns, comments, prayer requests, all that stuff. And uh, thank you for getting us to over 300 listens and plays and everything like that. And we're going to keep number, see that number grow. Thank you again, gentlemen. Uh, This has been Forgiven. Bye, everybody.